Welcome to the Profits in Pajamas podcast. I'm Danielle DeTeach, or Coach Danny D, and I help women to create luxury brands by creating processes and tightening their branding. This is where we talk about how to build your business in a way that allows you to work with ease and enjoy your life. My happy space is spending as much time as humanly possible in my pajamas. And I want to help others to find their happy space while still running profitable businesses. So get comfortable and let's dig in. Hello and welcome to the Profits in Pajamas podcast. I am your host, Coach Danny D, and I am always here trying to help small business owners find that space of work with ease. You can have a successful business, or in our guest case, successful businesses, <laughs> and um, and still be you know able to live your life, enjoy your life, and have that balance in your life. So. Um, I'm very excited about this episode because I feel like this topic is so important and it's one that we miss. It's one that um, I feel like if we were focusing more on, you don't realize how much that actually does help you work with ease. So I have Lacey Davily here. I'm going to let her, you know, tell you about her journey and her story, but she's with Davalier Photography and Graphics in New Orleans. And um, she is a serial entrepreneur. So she has a few um, businesses going. Um, but what she's going to talk to us about today is how to have captivating visuals that are going to help build your brand and anything that you do to build your brand is doing a lot of the work for you so that you're not having to work as hard to gain the trust of your clients. So Lacey, I want you to, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us about how you came to the world of photography. Um, okay. Well, I'm Lacey. I'm from New Orleans, born and bred. Um, I went to elementary, high school, all of that here in New Orleans. And then I went to NYU for college. Um, my sophomore year, Hurricane Katrina hit. Anyone who is a New Orleanian remembers that as a horrible, horrible day and time for all of us. Um, it was pretty much at that point, though, that I decided that the major that I was in that I didn't really care about, it was time to drop it and to get into something that I actually wanted to do which at the time I thought was going to be studio art with a concentration in acrylic painting. Well, at NYU, part of your curriculum is that you have to take all different disciplines. So a photography class is a requirement in your first year of art school. I've always loved taking photos. Um, I was the kid making photo albums when I was younger. The first gift I can ever remember asking for was a Polaroid camera. But when I got to NYU and I got into that program, that was the first time that I took pictures, developed pictures, and realized that it could be something other than a hobby. So that was in 2005. I changed my concentration to photo, and I have literally never looked back. Graduated in 2008 during a economic freefall. For any of us who were running businesses back <laughs> then, it was a little rough out here. 
Um, and, but in addition to that, upon graduating, because the economy was so bad, and that was when we first started to realize that people were retiring a lot later and things of that nature, there were no jobs, especially not in a creative field. Like you could forget it. If I wanted to work for someone else, I would not have been working in my field. So I wound up after, um, really tell you the truth. What happened was I applied for a job that I was in fact, I knew that I was overqualified for, but I needed to start working. So I, I applied and I didn't get the job. And it was probably the third job that I didn't get. And every time it was either that I was overqualified or that although I had school experience, I didn't have work experience. I basically got tired of feeling like I was being penalized for going to a four-year institution. And I decided that instead of trying to get someone else's job that I would create my own. And um, supportive family who really jumped in and helped me out with everything that was in 2008 that we kind of started it, but we incorporated in 2009. So we made 13 years this past August. It's hard to believe it's been that long, but that's- Wow, congratulations. Thank you. And of course at 13, we opened up a studio in Houston. So now we are one studio in two cities. We're in New Orleans and in Houston. Amazing, amazing. That is an amazing journey. Um, yes. And I really want to touch on, you You hinted at it for a second, but you know, the support of your, um, mm -hmm. your family. And I had the honor of meeting some of your family members at a networking event. And I mean, hands down, like absolutely um, team Lacey all the way. And- yeah. You know, it, it, because it's important. A lot of people, you know, will say, oh, well, this person doesn't support me. That person doesn't support me. And, you know, sometimes it's your family. Sometimes it may be somebody outside your family, but it's important to build that community of um, yeah. supportive people as entrepreneurs, because, you know, especially in the beginning. Oh, yeah. It's not easy. It's not. And it is even when it comes to your spouse, when it comes to your friends, the people you surround yourself with, they don't have to all be entrepreneurs themselves, but they have to be willing, willing to understand that your life is going to look different. I started my business when I was 22 years old. Most of my friends were not doing anything like that. They might just be beginning their careers. They might have been like, you know, in an entry level position. My life looked different. I worked more. I had to bring work home. I was strategizing while also working. And the friends that I left with were the ones who were willing to understand it. They weren't necessarily entrepreneurs themselves, but they understood that although we're 22, 23, 24, Lacey's not going to be out until three o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday because she has an 8 a.m. meeting on Thursday and I, I don't get to call in sick. I never right. got to do that. <laughs> so call in sick equals don't work, don't eat. So, right, 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 right. And it, but it's when so, you're first starting. Yeah. So if you don't have that. Yeah. No, it's so important. And I think that we don't, we just expect it, but you kind of have to build that relationship with people and that understanding. And you got to build, you have to, you know, keep quality people around you. Right. Because, you know, I mean, there's some friends that you can have a whole lot of fun with, but they, you know, um, I went on a retreat and we we talked about fun friends versus funds friends. Exactly. And it's, it's, it's not always the same, but I just didn't want to gloss over that because I know a lot of times yeah. we don't think about 
that community and how important that community oh, is. You absolutely. I mean, and then as far as like support goes again, how supportive is somebody going to be, right? Like it's one thing to say, I support you. It's another thing to jump in when I'm in the trenches. Right. So that's where like my family, that's the kind of family I have. If we're in the trenches. If we need help, I have family that's going to jump in. And because that's a big thing, right? There are going to be, you can't, there's this unhealthy moniker, especially in the Black community, in my opinion, of the Black superwoman. Um, oh, that Jesus. Not a real thing. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I don't subscribe to it. I believe you can have everything. You can have a family. You can have a business. You can have all of that. You cannot, you are not an island. Doing it by yourself is not going to do anything but cause you stress, troubles, ulcers, and everything else that comes with that. Because- Superman, Superwoman is not real. It's not a real thing. Right. And we push that forward like, oh, I can do everything. No, no, no. That's where the support of your peers come in. And if you don't, if people are around you that aren't supporting you, what's the purpose? Because any relationship is going to take a certain amount from you, right? Are the, are the deposits and the withdrawals at least somewhat equal becomes the question. Right. And I love that you touched on that whole superwoman thing. That is one of the things, I mean, that that's pretty much the point of this, you know, podcast and everything that I do is to try to unravel that. Right. That it, it is not realistic. It's and, not. you know, I've, I've done the cape before. It ain't we fun. Have. It ain't fun. It's not, I've gone to work with an ulcer because I, I have to work. I have to do this. I have to do that. So I wasn't an ulcer. It was like one step before, but it was very painful. Right. And instead of just saying, hey, look, I need to reschedule this because I can barely walk. Right. It was this thought that you have to do it. No, I remember I was working when I was in college and I remember I sprained my ankle to the point that I couldn't walk on it. And I went to the ER that night. I was sitting in the ER thinking, I hope they write a note for my work. And that's when I realized I needed to quit my job. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was like, this is absolutely toxic. Like I should not be in the ER at all concerned about this. Like, Yeah. Wondering if they're going to write a note. Like, but that's, and I mean, like, what's that saying? I read it on Instagram recently. It's like, please note. If you die, your job posting will go in the newspaper before your obituary. I literally watched it happen. Yeah, it it happens. I all had the time. a coworker die at the job, and mm-hmm. the their replacement was there within two weeks. Yeah, so, <laughs> and so it's that matter of you kind of that it's when you think about that and put things into perspective, it's understanding like. Don't let your job kill you. Because if it does, the only thing that's going to happen is they're going to find somebody else to do your job. Right. And that, but that's for everybody, right? Like, right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, time keeps on moving. So there's nothing that's worth, you know, killing yourself over. And the more you do this, the more you are, you may not feel like that's true. But like you said, you were one step before an ulcer. Um, before yeah. I quit my last job, I was, I had went to a, my husband's um, healthcare fair. Mm-hmm. They took my blood pressure. The nurse that took my blood pressure asked me on the spot, when is your next doctor's appointment? It happened to be that following Tuesday. 
And she said, can I call you after your doctor's appointment? Because this, this, your blood pressure is concerning to me. Mm -hmm. And she literally called me Mm -hmm. to make sure I was okay. Again, that same Tuesday, I quit my job. So, um, (laughs) but you know that that's not our topic but it's an important it was important i, I oh, didn't yeah. want to just leave that without touching uh-huh. on it and and i and i hope somebody heard something they needed to hear there let yeah. it go even and, if you are the boss like as an entrepreneur right like people will drive you insane if you let them right and we're gonna i know we're gonna dive into that a little bit later but yeah like you're one person, you're a finite resource, and there is only so much that you can do and only so many hours in a day. Correct. And you have to set those boundaries. Yes. And yes. don't feel like, you know, I'm not being a good, you know, business person or the customers are raised right or whatever that looks like. You set your boundaries. And I always say that no is the best form of customer service. Yes. Because, because sometimes it's no. Sometimes the answer is no. And when you let someone back you into a corner that you don't need to be in, it's going to, it's going to end badly. It always yeah. ends badly. Always. So save yourself the headache up front. And when you mean no, say no. And set those boundaries of, you know, even, you know, sometimes we get enticed by, oh my goodness, all these people, or I got all these inquiries. I could, I could scoop all of this, you know, income. Sometimes the answer is still no. Sometimes, you know, you have to know what what is booked in my business. Right, right. What is that number? Decide that ahead of time. It also becomes that matter of breaking up with busy, right? Like, are you actually fulfilled? Are you doing what you need to do? Or are you just busy? Right. That becomes a question. And, you know, I have the, the, the graphic T is, you know, it's a line through booked and busy and, and it's paid and well rested. Yes. Booked and busy is a death sentence. I'm it just, is. just putting it out there. It really is. Yes. And, and then booked and busy does not mean paid. No. And I was about to say that booked and busy never says how much money is actually in your account. Like there's also other harmful thoughts out there that oh, if you're an entrepreneur, you have to work 18 hours a day or you're not working hard enough. Oh, or like what they tell women, right? Like, do you want a man who's making money or do you want a man who has time? I'm like, a lie that has been told to the poor by the wealthy for centuries is that in order to have money, you're not allowed to have time. You have to be working yourself into the grave. But let's talk about it, right? Like the top 1%, they're not working themselves into the grave. You're doing it for them. They, look, they're on a yacht somewhere oh, right now. Exactly. So that is a myth that has been debunked a million times, but we all hear it, right? Like, no, there is, because it, it, what's the purpose to amass right. wealth, to amass clients and never be able to enjoy it? What's the purpose? Right. And then a lot of times it. you're not even you're not getting the profit that you that you need to be getting to be successful you're not you're you're just basically working yourself for no reason like you know it just it really doesn't make sense and you know that's like that is that you you are speaking my love language (laughs) that is just that's my whole philosophy and 
I know just personally from my own business, when I shifted my thought process, shifted Mm -hmm. my pricing, shifted my scheduling, shifted, you know, those things in my business, my business is far more profitable and I have to put in far less work. Yeah. That's the dream at the end of the day is to have enough processes and systems set. And I can't say I'm there yet. I'm not perfect. I'm oh, no, we, we look, we are all a work in progress. <laughs> exactly. But having enough systems in place, having the right people in place so that you are able to actually have it all. That's the goal. It's not being stressed out with a lot of money in the bank, nor is it being stressed out with no money in the bank. Right. Nor, none of that is the goal. The goal is fulfillment at the end right. of the day and whatever that looks like for you. Right. Yeah. I call it your success story. Like, what is your success story? What does it look like? Now let's work towards that. Like, what are the things we're right. going to do to work towards that? And how are yeah. we going to make that a reality? Exactly. And it's not, you know, that whole work hard and be successful. No. I, the janitor is working really, really hard every day. I promise you, but that's not necessarily going to get you to your success story. No. You have to, you have to be strategic about how to get there and how to get there and get all the parts and pieces you want. Not just okay. like you said, the bank account. Yep. I mean, so then you're going to just die with a big number in a, in a bank and, and what? And I don't think people think about that, like, especially as entrepreneurs, like even when you talk about what's your succession plan, what's your end game? Because if the answer is to die working and they have to pry this business out of my cold, dead hands, that ain't it. It shouldn't be. But people don't think about it. They don't think about the fact that one day you're not going to want to do this anymore. Right. Are the systems or or you won't be able to. You know what I mean? Like I look at a job like mine, right? Um, Photographer by trade serial entrepreneur. I own the business. I'm not always the photographer. Why? Photography is very physical. By my late 20s, I realized that there would come a day where being on my feet for 12 hours a day was no longer plausible. So what did I need to do? I needed to clone me. I needed to find it to where we might still have those 12 hours of photography going per day, but I wasn't the only person doing it. And a lot of people don't get to that step because it's like, oh, but it's me. And if I don't do it, no, no, no. That goes Mm-mm. back. No woman, no super photographer, no super nothing. There would come a day. And it's true. Yeah, I have friends in my industry who have had to have surgeries, all kinds of stuff. Because being on your feet for eight to 12 hours a day, running around, diving, carrying equipment, it's taxing on your body. And if you are literally the only person who can do it, and you are also the only person running the business, and you are the only person doing the editing, and you are the only person getting the clients, you're going to hit a ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And and a lot of the audience are balloon artists like myself. And when when you before you mentioned about the physical part, I was like, I was ready to jump in with that because, yeah. you know, it's only so long you can you know, viably do this, you know, the yeah. lift and the bending, the, you know, all of this It's you know, 
I mean, even now, like if I'm working on something, if my son walks past, baby, get down there and get, get that <laughs> get for, me. for me. Because, yep. you know, it's only so much you can do. And you really do have to be realistic about that and how you build your team, how mm-hmm. you plan for the future. And like you said, an exit plan, like, you know, I don't plan on doing this for the rest of my days. <laughs> right. You know, like, what is your exit plan? And I'm going to just throw this out here and it, it, it might step on some people's toes. Your child might not want your business. They probably won't. It's not even just a might not. It's that they probably won't. You have to let your children be who they are. They are not extensions of you. Putting guilt out there so that that child feels badly if they don't take your business is no good. But I'll do you one better. If they do want it, what does that mean? Are you going to give it to them for free so that there's no skin in the game? You care as much about your business as you do because of the skin you have in the game. You're going to hand that child that business and what? Do they know how to run it? Do they know how to deal with your customers? Or are they going to take what you have worked for for the past 25 years and run it into the ground Hmm. because they were given a company that they had no idea how to run? Or they were not quite clear on why the company was successful, right? Like, let's say mine, for example. Let's say I give my business to somebody and they come in and decide, well, we're just going to cut costs by cutting this, that, and the third. Well, a large reason that we're successful is because we're accessible, right? Um, A big complaint that a lot of clients have about photographers is I couldn't get in touch with them. They didn't communicate with me. They got me stuff four and a half weeks late, all this kind of stuff. You cut costs, you cut all the stuff that makes that what makes us successful. So it's not just a matter of, oh yeah, one day I'm going to be in my fifties or sixties and I'm going to just give this to my child. Are you training that child? Right. Child care to do it. Has the child ever seen the inner workings of what it means to own a business? Cause let's keep it real. We can make this look very glamorous, right? Like you can be on Instagram on your vacation. Your kids probably think your job is cool because everybody else has to request off, but my mama goes where she wants to go when she wants to go. But do they see you working at nine o'clock at night, two days before you leave? Right. You have to choose this. It's, I mean, owning a business, it's owning any business, being an entrepreneur, you have to choose it because it's not an, it's not an easy road. Mm-hmm. And, you, and I'll always say, I didn't necessarily know exactly what I was getting into when I got into it. And a lot of people don't, there's no, right. There's no way to know what something's going to be until you're in it, but you got to want it. If you yeah. don't want it enough, you will not succeed at this, period. <laughs> yes. And one thing you said was like, how do they know what the inner workings of the business is? And something that I run into a lot is the business owner doesn't know what the inner workings of the business is. You know, everything is in your head. What is documented? What processes and procedures do you have in place so that, you know, we don't even have to go to the extreme of you like giving the business over. What happens if you go into the hospital tomorrow? These are things that are so key. Listen, I did, uh, it's going to be a, a quick plug. I'm not going to call it shameless because it's not my business, but <laughs> that's uh, okay. I did, the, I did the Delgado 10,000 small businesses program. And it's one mm-hmm. of the best things I've ever done in my life. I recommend it to anybody. Now, let me be clear. It's hard. Because if you're like me, when I went to school full-time, I was not working full-time. I'm blessed. I had a family that helped me out while I was in college. This was going to school while working full-time in a very accelerated, very condensed program. But 
That is one of the things that they harp on. Because let me tell you what, as entrepreneurs, a lot of stuff lives here, especially when we first start out. I have a list of if I knew then what I know now. And one of them is I would have started putting things on paper a lot earlier because now I can get sick. But it took a long time for that to happen. When I first hired my now primary photographer, um, she was set to start working in January of 2021. Okay, great. You'll come in. We'll, I'll train you in person. I'll do this, that, and third. What happens? I get COVID. I also have asthma. So COVID for me, I was down for a month. Wow. Um, I basically had to wake up during the day, send her samples of other stuff I had taken Praise the Lord. She was a great photographer already. So she was able to take that and run with it. But what if I hadn't been able to do that? The company would have had to shut down because she would have been out there head first, not knowing what she was trying to do because it wasn't anywhere. Because right. my master plan was to train her in person until I couldn't. Right. So, like you said, if you get sick, what happens? Like, I mean, I remember if you had talked to me pre-pandemic, we didn't even have a CRM, y'all. We were, you email us in Google, we email you back, we go look for, that's how we were living. Now, life can go on because everything is in one place. If somebody needs to take over my job for a while, they can, but that's also key because what if you're not sick? What if you just want to go on vacation? Because right. like, right, prioritize rest. I went to Montreal this past year with my husband for our anniversary. And I only had to work really one day that I was there. And why? Because there's enough processes in place for this company to run when I'm not here. Because again, that goes back to what we said before. If you can't enjoy the fruits of your labor, what's the point? You're going to out and hating every day. That part. And, yeah. you know, and, and I'm a big, you know, a big proponent of CRM and automations and all of those things that you can put in place. But again, I didn't always have that. And I remember I was doing a lot of this stuff manually and somebody introduced me to a CRM system. And I was like, wait, what? I could have this thing and it can do. Oh, OK. Game changer. And right. I shifted my energy. I started really, you know, focusing on that automation. Yep. And a lot of people, you know, are fearful of that automation because they uh -huh. think it's going to take away from your customer experience. You know, the, the, I'm telling you every single time I service a corporate client, the, the one thing that each one says, I love how easy it was to work with you. And I love how well you communicated through the process. That is one of the top compliments that we get as well. I was going to say that people think it's going to take now is certain stuff, right? Like don't just have auto emails going out, not paying attention. Like if I have auto appointment reminders and the person has already scheduled an appointment, that's when you kind of start to look bad, right? Right, right. You have to put in that, oops, my bad. Didn't mean to send that to you. I see that you actually scheduled an appointment so that they know you're still a human. Right. But for the most part automation upgrades the client experience because it helps things to get done in a more streamlined fashion. Correct. And it, and it, it, it becomes foolproof. Yeah. Because, you know, I can't count on my memory to do it all. Right. You're going to be in trouble. Right. right. And, you know, and, and, you know, and sometimes you, you will have, you know, certain clients get a little hesitant about entering stuff in the system and we, we know how to massage that, but, 
I need you to go this route because this route makes everything better for all of us. Because when somebody's outside of my system, I I can feel it because that's when I get the, oh, wait, when are y'all coming? Are y'all still, are we scheduled? Are we that? But see, in my automation, you get reminders, you get this, you get that, and you know. And And so, go ahead. You get reminders and it's also like, you know what's been done and what hasn't, right? Like what happens if, for example, we're closed on Sunday, Monday, right? And we're Saturday by appointment. What if you and I have been talking about a project in the CRM or on Google, this is the difference, and you decide on Sunday that you want to move forward? Well, by the time I look at those emails on Tuesday, your email is way at the bottom somewhere. Whereas the CRM is going to prioritize it and send you what you need to finish booking. You can finish everything without me having to interact with it. Because what happens if that doesn't happen, right? On Tuesday, I finally look at it. I might make it to your email and I might not. So now this project is supposed to occur on Friday and you didn't even get an invoice or anything until Wednesday. Right. Being automated. Right. Right. So now we're in a rough patch. You think you have an appointment because you said yes. I don't think you have an appointment because I haven't received a contract or a deposit. Correct. Correct. And it, it it's total game changer. You know, I oh, yeah. I could go on for like hours about, you know, about, how much that game yeah. changer is. And, you know, we still haven't even gotten to Lacey's topic. So we're going to, we're going yeah, to switch gears to that, that topic. Yes. But everything that was said before right now is just important in general as an entrepreneur. And, yes. you know, I, I'm, I'm going to throw a, I'm going to throw a shameless plug. <laughs> if if any of that is something that you're struggling with, you can always reach out and Coach Danny D can help you get yourself in order and yeah. get that time back. But, <laughs> but a big part of that automation, a big part of that process is your visuals. Yeah. And, you know, I know for me I'm a very visual person I'm in a visual industry when you see visuals that you connect with you are already connected to that brand before you even talk to that person and so we can't keep sleeping on visuals oh am I back up yep you're back now Okay, we can't keep sleeping on visuals. No. We act like it's an afterthought or we're like, oh, you know, you know, you got pictures and they they blurry and your thumbs in the way and, you know. All of that. You just not really grasping um, the the fundamentals of photography, you know, like, you know, like... uh, Everything is not going to be the best picture is going to be just staying right in front of it and take a picture. No, let's just just put that out there. Let's just be real. Oh, it's not. not. And so, Lacey, I want you to, you know, what is the thing, the most important thing that you would want to share with people when it comes to their visual, their brand photography um, that you would want them to know um, that that would be game changing for them? I got it. <laughs> this is my soapbox. This is my it's my preachable moment. I've been preaching this for years. Get you a content bank. 
I don't care what you do for a living because here's the thing. First, let me say what a content bank is. A content bank is you have worked with a brand photographer and or video person and you have put together a bank of content based on what you're putting out. So that could be, I, I always say to do it quarterly, assess it quarterly. So it could be, let's say we're in the final quarter of the year. I know in the final quarter of the year is October, November, December. In the beginning of October, I know that I need my campaign for Black Friday. I know I need to send out holiday cards. I know I need to have these posts. I know I'm going to celebrate this social media holiday. I know my mama's birthday is on December the 1st. Whatever you're going to put out. There should be certain categories that you work in, right? So like for me, if you go to my personal Instagram account, you're going to see things about me as a mother, wife, friend, sister. I'm big on relationships. You're going to see things about wine. As you know, my side hustle, my wine business, but also I'm a wine lover. And then you're going to see things about photography and you're going to see things about exercise and health. Those, those are my pillars right there. That's what you're going to see. You know, if you're going to look at Lacey, you're going to see those things, right? So now I'm going to take those and I'm going to say, what does that mean for the months of October through December? And that's where you start building that content bank. A content bank is not pay somebody $300 to take a whole bunch of pictures of you in the same outfit in City Park and post them over and over again and hope that you can find something to go with them. That is not it. Now, here's why I say to get a content bank. There are times and... Coach Danny, I know you're going to back me up on this. There are times when you are in it, right? I'm posting every day or every other day. Yeah, I got my reels going. I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm over here. I'm over there. I'm winning. And then there's the opposite side of that coin. There are times when you mess something up, which now has you behind on several clients. You don't even have time to post a sentence on social media much less to have a full-on plan where you got to sit there, take a reel, do this, do that. You do not have the time, right? Both of those things are valid and both of them happen. Your content bank is not necessarily for when you're at your best. It's for when you're not. It's for when you need to just go and pull something that goes with your brand to keep people engaged. It's for when you thought you were going to have all the time in the world to get your Black Friday campaign together, but then your mom got sick. Is for, you know, so, but you can still get something out and still get those sales. That's what it's for. I say when it comes to your visuals, plan, 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 and plan again and plan in advance. We, I would say like one of the worst things that we consistently have to do is tell people you're not going to have that in time for when you think you need it, right? We go, go, go. That's our society right? You don't think about your Black Friday campaign until, oh my God, it's November the 10th. And I don't know. Oh yeah, I was planning on putting this on sale, but I don't have anything to go with it. Let me be clear with y'all. Today is November the 10th. If you come to Davaliers and you need <laughs> something for a Black Friday campaign, the rush fee that you are about to pay is probably going to end up being more than the session itself. Why? Because one of the things I've learned in business is that I love my clients, but I cannot let your lack of planning become my emergency. I can't do it. Um, if I have to put something else on the side, if my uh, people have to work late and this, that, and the third to get this out for you, somebody's got to pay for that. It's going to be you. But if we had done this in early October, you would have gotten it at the right price. Like, for example, product photography for us starts at $35 per item. 
that's going to get you the item shot. It's going to get you one edited image of it. And of course, it goes up from there. There's also bulk rates. Now, if you need to add a rush fee onto that, those rush fees start at $75. Start at. So that's the biggest thing that I would say. Get a content bank and plan. Plan for the days when you're not going to have time because that day is going to come. People tell me all the time how great I am with keeping up with my Instagram. And they're like, oh my gosh, Lacey, how do you do it? I'm like, I do it when I can. And when I can't, there's a bank of stuff for me to just put out there so that you don't forget that I exist. That's how. So that, I guess like, I don't know if that was really what you were asking, but. No, it definitely, that was actually, I mean, that was a huge, huge gem, you guys. Like that was a huge gem about creating that content bank because, I mean, you're a hundred percent right. You're not always going to be on. It just, it's just unrealistic. And the planning ahead so that you can be prepared because, you know, you know, we, most of my audience are creatives. So we are dealing with clients and clients have the same expectations and we have to understand, you know, when, when you are listening, my, um, my coach will always say, I want you to listen to me as a student, but I also want you to listen to me as a coach. Right. Because, you know, listen to Lacey, what she's saying of if you want to work with her, but you also have to take the flip side and put your business owner hat on and say, you know what? I need to implement that in my business as well, because you can't let somebody else's emergency become your inconvenience. And if somebody's going to inconvenience you, they need to pay for it because, Otherwise, you're teaching them that their inconvenience to you is acceptable and that your time is not valuable. That, that, that's what you're teaching them. You're teaching them that your time is not as valuable as their time. And here's the thing. I want anybody who disagrees with me to hit me up on Instagram, email me, text me, whatever you need to do. Name for me the person who you let inconvenience you for free who didn't come back and do it a second time. Don't worry, I'll wait because you won't be able to. You won't because- They're gonna keep coming back until the day that you finally tax them for what they are doing. They they are teaching you. Yep. They are teaching, well, you are teaching them how to treat you. You've taught them that that is acceptable. And the bigger part of that is now you've not only, you know, inconvenienced yourself in the business, you've inconvenienced yourself in life because the reason why you weren't available has not changed. And then also nine times out of 10, they're not going to have the best experience with you. Oh, no. going to go wrong. Something's going to be late. All because you didn't stick to your guns in the first place. I think one of the best things I've read recently is, It was like put out to recovering people pleasers, which let me tell everybody out there, I might sound like I have it together. I am a recovering people pleaser. I am. Is there a support group or? Right? (laughs) Like where, where do I sign? Hello, my name is. (laughs) (laughs) Because I am the person that used to be on Christmas Eve 
trying to work myself to death to get your holiday cards out because you didn't get them on time. I used to be that person. But what would happen, lo and behold, again, no superwoman. I don't print Christmas cards. So after I did all of this, rushed them, you still got them late because the print lab was backed up because they told people what their print deadlines were. Right. Well, now you still didn't, you still didn't get your holiday cards out on time. And who are you blaming for that? You're not blaming yourself because you were late. You're not blaming the print lab because they didn't get them to you. You are blaming me. The person that inconvenienced myself for free is who you're blaming. Like now I'll tell you what, we have our rush fees on things, right? And we say, all right, this is what it costs to rush it. Now, here's the thing. You may not want to pay that. You can tell me when you want it. And we tell people we're so honest about it these days. We're going to do our best to make that happen for you. But our turnaround time is this. Right. If you need me to guarantee that, you have to pay a rush fee. If you are not paying the rush fee, I will do my best, but I can't promise it. Right. And people still, I kid you not, will choose not to pay the rush fee and then be blowing you up. Oh, but I needed it by this date. And in the email, it stated that right. this was the stipulation. We would do our best, but we couldn't guarantee it. Here is where we are. It's about honesty and it's about teaching people how you want to be treated. Anybody who knows me will tell you, I am not a last minute person. I don't like last minute plans. I don't like things that are unplanned. I don't like monkey wrenches. I don't like anything that you could consider being the thing that's going to throw me off of my game. That's just not for me. All right. I am straight up type A. My days are planned out. They are planned out for proficiency. I ain't going to be able to do it for you. So the shift that happened for me was the day that I realized my calendar is mine. My life belongs, of course, to the Lord. But on this realm, it belongs to me. You don't get to control my life, my calendar, what I do, none of it. So now where I am with my team, we're talking about how to get ahead. What do you prioritize on a Wednesday? You're not prioritizing Thursday on Wednesday. You should have been prioritizing Thursday on Monday. On a Wednesday, I'm prioritizing Saturday. We have five appointments. Three of them are outside. It looks like it's going to storm. Start reaching out to these people. You have until two days before to decide to reschedule. Oh, well, what if there is no what if because I have to be able to shift around the schedule? What do you want to do? You can keep it there with the possibility of shooting inside or you have until this date to reschedule it. After that, it is in stone and you can either do it indoors or you can forfeit your session fee. It sounds rude, but it's not. It's, I cannot, I mean, like no one can live like that, right? Like, let's say I thought that I had seven appointments on Saturday. So I have Malika and Caroline on staff, right? Let's say on Friday, I find out that four of those people are canceling. Well, now Malik or Caroline is not making the money that they thought that they were going to be making. And now the studio is not making the money that we thought that we were going to be making. And to add insult to injury, I have to actually put all these people on another day. So now I have another day full of people that's not going to make me any money because that's money that we already made. That's money that was supposed to be finished up with this week. Right. So understanding that uh, that's the other thing I would say, that's a business advice, put a fee on it. You don't want to do it. Put as my coach says the, I don't want to do this fee on it. Yes. Um, 
you want to reschedule at the last minute, there's a reschedule fee of this much money. Why? Well, I already paid for it. Yes, but you paid for time on this day. And if I have to give you time in three weeks instead, that's time I can't give to somebody else. No, it, it's, it's to me, it's the inconvenience fee. Yep. Yep. Just how, you know, they say it's a convenience fee. It's a convenience fee for you. It's an inconvenience for me. Absolutely. So you, that's what it comes down to. And 100%. like you said, some of it can sound rough or abrupt, you know, to people when they're hearing it. But ultimately, again, no is the best form of customer service. I can operate in my optimal mode when I have systems and processes in place because everybody process brings clarity. Yep. Everybody knows what's happening, when it's happening, how it's happening. Now, of course, in the industries that we are in, there is that room for flexibility, but we still have to put boundaries on that. You know, yeah. you know, we're not trying to, you know, stick it to a client. We want uh -huh. the client to have a wonderful experience. But if we're operating in chaos, how can we create that wonderful yeah. experience? And it takes people, it took me years to figure that out, right? Like when I am at my best, I'm pleasant. People love me. I'm a great problem solver. When I am operating in chaos and overwhelm, I can't think my way out of a wet paper bag and I am no good to anybody. So at the end of the day, boundaries are something that you are worthy of. We are all worthy of our boundaries. And there is something that in fact makes us better for the people that we're trying to service. That. If, again, like, because also maybe you don't catch the end of that, but maybe I put my procedures to the side and, and let your poor planning become my emergency. Well, now client number two, who actually did plan and has been on the calendar for however long, they're getting the shaft because I've had to give all of this to you. And Correct. that's not fair to them. Correct. And I mean, and I'll go one step further for you. I know a lot of people may, you know, think that this is absolutely crazy, but I've gotten to the point where I work with people I enjoy. Yeah. And there's some people, you know, I had an experience recently where, and and I, I will blame myself for not listening to myself because just the way that the person worded the inquiry said to me, that you think that again your your lack of planning is my um okay. emergency now you you know we're trying to book this call us back asap huh asap what what we doing like yep. we haven't even exchanged hellos yet and you already and you're already me. rushing me you <laughs> rushing me and I'm a Capricorn. I'm stubborn. You know, you, you know, it don't come out much, but. And here's my thing, girl. And you tell me to do something in that way. It, it, it's it going to come out. out. It I'll do out. better. I'm a Pisces. I float between the flowers, but there is an ASAP cost. And something tells me that you don't want to pay it. That part. <laughs> that part. But it just. If I know, had to bet on it, <laughs> I would bet on that part but, and something told me not to even to just say we're more available but i i 
I didn't respond ASAP because you know the the Capricorn in me. Mm-hmm. But I'm when I did that. respond, it was you know I'm trying to have this conversation, and the conversation got a little nasty, right, on their part. And I right. kept it professional because I am professional. But at the end of the day, the answer is no because. Right. I have to stand for my reputation as a business. I have to make sure that I am showing up for all of my lovely, fun, amazing clients as the best version of myself. And if me interacting with you or, you know, servicing you is going to take away from that, then the answer is going to always be no. No. And I say this as well. Yeah. Well, because we're not the most expensive photographers, but we are certainly not the least expensive, nowhere near it. Right. So if you have paid me your money and you have put your trust in my company and in my name to get something done for you, I owe you that. Right. Yeah. So I'm not going to shortchange these people over here who've been rocking with us, who made the investment. I'm not going to shortchange them for your poor planning. I keep right. saying but that's where it's at. No, it is it's both poor planning and poor behavior. So let's not. I'm not rewarding that. I'm not gonna reward that. And I know that I have these wonderful, amazing people that I could be spending my time with. Mm-hmm. So we have to learn that because we have to preserve our energy and we have to operate in both our zone of genius, but in our mindset of genius. Yeah. And if somebody's pulling you out of that, it's not worth it. It's not. It's and absolutely not it's worth it. I mean, like we have had contracts that seems like the, I remember, let me say this, my first two years in business, I got my first ever like contracts at a school. It was a tiny school. Um, I built a yearbook from scratch with no yearbook software or anything and as they kept being like oh but can we get this person in anybody out there who knows anything about InDesign knows that just getting this person in is not a pretty situation um in the end after everything that we did for them they were unhappy unsatisfied and my mother said this to me sometimes you have to let things go not all money is good money and that's right and that's it, it doesn't get any realer than that. If it's money that has you stressed out, if when you walk away from it, all you can say is, I didn't get paid enough to feel like this. If it's keeping you from something else that brings you joy, all money is not good money. Yes. Like if, if I take on a project that I know is going to be high stress, and in our industries, both of ours, you're going to have those. You're going to get the person whose balloon artist canceled on them two days before, and now they know they need somebody and they're willing to pay the ASAP price because they know I'm down to the wire. Right. But the ASAP price has to include what it means for you mentally. Correct. To get yourself into a space where, you know what I'm looking for the word for? Where you don't feel taken advantage of. Right? And that's it. And that's it. That's it. That's it. And, yeah. and, and, and I've been in so many situations where I'm just like, I feel like I left this situation like all my life I had to fight. Like, you know, right. like, you know, and it's like, 
I was doing this person a favor. Like, that's how I felt. Like, you know, I went into this situation. I extended myself to this person. And for some reason, they are angry. And I am not understanding why. And, you know, how did we get here? How did we get here? And the last time that happened to me, I can remember it vividly. The last time it happened and this person asked me to do something for them. It was last minute under my minimum. And I had another event that day. Yeah. The only reason that I agreed to do it was because the location that it was being held referred me. Uh It's the only reason that I took it. And it wasn't far from where the next job was. This lady calls me after I delivered and I mean, goes off. And this is, you know, post me coming to a place of peace and enjoying in my life where I don't deal with a lot of drama. So it was like really abrasive, you know, for me because it was just like, whoa, we don't even... Right. You know, I'm in a field of happiness and joy. What the, what right. the, what the, what? Right. Why are you, Satan? Why right. are you yes. trying to steal my joy on right. this right. Right. <laughs> right. So I'm, so, you know, she, she is going and, you know, and I just finally said, ma'am, I said, all I can do for you at this point is offer you a full refund. So that means you got the balloon. You got your money back. I'm thinking you cool, right? No, never. That lady said, um, I said, ma'am, I'm on my way to another appointment. I, as soon as I get back, I'll have your refund issued to you. Well, you better. What? 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 Because you already got the product. So me offering you a refund is a courtesy. Right. So but you still, anything. but you still got all that bass in your voice. And I'm like. And let I me know there have been times that. I've had experiences with a vendor and it didn't go well, but if they made it right, then I'm cool. We didn't, you know, I'm not going to carry it to my grave. We're going to move on. So I just, I took a deep breath. I got off the phone. This is why I remember this, not just because how crazy it was, but I go to the next job and it was a a person that had a two-day event so they had something on the first day I'm going to set up for the second day I didn't meet them on the first day I just dropped off the second day they're there so I walk in I set up for this lady and when I walked in she said it was for a family reunion she says I don't know she says I don't know if you're a hugger and she walks up and she gives me the biggest deepest hug Uh So sweet. And I mean, the way I needed that hug in that moment. Yeah. And this lady didn't know that from, you know, she didn't know what happened before. But that contrast of those two things happening together was the tipping point for me to say, I'm never going to do that again. No. I am never going. So I'm, you know, and and I ended up maybe like about five minutes late, but that's late for me. I don't do that. Yeah. So, and, and this lady didn't care at all, but I'm infringing upon this lovely lady to be treated like you crazy as all get out to be treated like trash. Right. At the end of the day, 
and to be treated like trash for not enough money. And if I have to offer you a refund in the end for no money, no. Right. So I hope that that's also a wake up call for some of y'all listening. Uh-huh. Just stop doing it. Yep. You don't have to be battered, abused and all this stuff by people to do business. And I'm so deep into that happy space with me and my clients that, you know, that's when, you know, cause a lot of times, especially in what we do, you, you, sometimes you lose the passion for it. Yeah. And you lose it based on that. It's rare that right. you lose it because you just lost it. You, I have a dear friend who we started our business at the same time. I'm not going to call her out because we know a lot of the same people. So yeah. some may be listening here. She decided to completely switch her business model to doing something else for a long time there. And when I asked her why, she was like, I never stopped loving what I was doing. I stopped having to convince other people that I stopped loving having to sell it, having to convince other people that what I had worked all this time to become the best at was worth them paying a premium for. I got tired of being undercut by people who didn't really know what they were doing or people who were doing it as a side hustle. That's what I got tired of. And I will be honest, in my career, that's what I get tired of. I don't get tired of um, what we do of our great clients. I get tired of people who, A, feel like if they spend money with you, they can talk to you any kind of way. And people which, mm, that could be a whole nother podcast. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I, did, did I tell you I'm a Capricorn and I'm stubborn? Listen, that, that's the, that, that'd be the breaking point right there where I'm just sitting oh, yeah. up there like. And the thing with me, anyone will tell you, I'm a person of peace. I've lived a real milk toast life. Again, I am, if you look up Pisces, I'm next to it in the dictionary, like everything about us. But if you ever really want to see me in the words of my mother and father come up out of my bag, that's how you get me there talk to me any kind of way. That is what I do not put up with. <laughs> that's like that's the shutdown. It's like the, the shutdown, shutdown moment. That's that's the, I don't know who you thought you were talking to like that, but we can either reset or we can end this conversation because there is no possible way that you meant to talk to me like that. Right. I just, I'm a big, I, I pay attention to how people treat people. Exactly. And that's a big turnoff for me is that if you, you know, if I notice that, you know, you treat people a certain way based on, you know, whatever the thing is that you think, you know, um, when I do business with you now, I'm, I'm a really laid back person. I mean, I got a podcast in my pajamas, like I'm really, really laid back person. I don't feel like, you know, there's some people that feel like they got to constantly be, in, you know, flexing on you. I don't feel like that. It, like, I feel like, you know, you meet people more genuinely when you're just hanging, you just lay back, but don't, don't make that side come out. Like, you know, don't, you shouldn't, it shouldn't don't matter. Do it. Don't you do it. It shouldn't matter. But Ooh. again, that is that shutdown moment for me because we've misunderstood the nature of our relationship. Yep. I'm a vendor and I'm providing a service. Yep. You don't oh own God. me. You don't own my business. You don't own how I run my business. So, and you know, I, and I have had, didn't ask you for my, for your opinion on any of those things. I Look, I had had someone <laughs> recently tell me you could do it that way or, and I was like, that's, 
I really. Hmm. And then the or was like the the most hooked up, like unprofessional. We don't always. We don't operate in that way. If you're looking for someone to meet those needs, then we're not the company for you because my reputation goes beyond your event. Right. Right. And so I'm not going to lower my reputation for to accommodate something that I don't do as a business. So we have to be able to just say that and just say no. Right. I don't offer that service or I am not willing to do that. Or this is this is how we operate. You have to be willing to stand in that and not feel like that's being mean or cruel or anything. That's being respectful to you and your business and your longevity, because no one client is worth your business's reputation. Exactly. And it's also being respectful to what you worked for, right? Like we offer event photography in my studio. I don't shoot events. I haven't shot an event in over five years. Um, I have had people say, oh, I want y'all to shoot the event, but I want it to be you. And again, some people might take it as I think I'm too much or whatever, but I'm not shooting your event because I hate them. We (laughs) offer them because a lot of our clients who book other stuff and who are wonderful, I'm not going to make you go find another photographer for this. I'd rather be able to keep it in the family. However, you will not see me at your Saturday night event because I hate them. I have children. I have things that I want to do on a Saturday night that is not picking up a camera. And quite frankly, I've paid my dues there. I have. And also you just have to look at back to the zone of genius. People operate best when they're in their zone of genius. And I am not going to say that. I'm not a night person. You, in fact, don't want to see me after 6 p.m. You don't. (laughs) It's not me sitting down having a glass of wine. You don't want to see me. I'm not at my best. Because by then I'm a morning person. So by then I've gotten up at 6 a.m. I've exercised. I've done all these things because... I am productive in the morning and during the day. And so now you're getting, I mean, the day got the best of me, fam. You're getting the rest of me. Right. And see, I'm I'm the opposite. I'm the opposite. I am a night person. Yeah. I can do morning, but we're not going to do no every morning. Right. But I understand what you mean, because (laughs) when I do a morning event, I'm like, how do how do y'all do this? Cause I'm I'm up in the morning and then I'm sitting around and I'm like, well, Jesus, it must be time. And I look up and it's like three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, well, how much more day is there? Like, how do you? Yeah. And okay. that, well, that's the thing. You only have so much gas in your tank. And if that tank, if you start running that car at 6 a.m., you ain't gonna be running it no more by 9 p.m. You're empty. You got that two o'clock feeling at one o'clock and you try to push through it. But by six o'clock? No, it's (laughs) over. It's all, it's all said and done. And it's over. And so, and then other than that, I'll tell you what, we don't shoot weddings anymore. And people think that's insane, right? Like a photographer in New Orleans that doesn't shoot weddings. Why? I'm gonna let you guess. I hate them. And at the end of the day, if somebody gets sick or something like that, and not only me, Caroline doesn't shoot them. She's the main photographer. Malik doesn't mind them, but let's say we put Malik on five weddings. Let's say Malik breaks his right pointer finger, which is the one that you click with. Either me or Caroline now has to take over that wedding and I don't want to. And here's the kicker though. 
I didn't stop shooting them just because we didn't want to shoot them. I also stopped shooting them because when you don't want to do something that comes across, I would rather give that business to a friend of mine in the industry who loves doing it because they are going to do a fabulous job at your wedding. They're going to do a better job than I ever could because they want to be there. Because they're enjoying it. They're enjoying it. You have to put... They're in a place of passion and joy, whereas I would be there in a place of, I have to do this. Creativity, in my opinion, requires a certain amount of happiness and joy. Right. You are not going to create your best work in an environment that you don't want to be in or doing a thing you don't want to do. There's certain things that I just don't do. They're very popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't do exactly. that. Same, same. Like we offer like anybody, shameless plug. If you're on my list, you're going to get an email. We're offering the only many sessions that we're going to offer all year on November the 20th. There are people who build entire businesses offering them. They're popular. Not us. I offer them every now and again. And it's only for very certain things. And, and like you said, weddings, I only do weddings through an event planner. Uh-huh. No, as you should, as you should. Let me say and this. nine times out of 10, say that. we say we don't shoot them. We will shoot weddings in two situations. One is it's a tiny wedding, an elopement, a second marriage, something like that, where it's just tiny. It's like a micro wedding. The second situation is that because the other thing that gets tiring about weddings is that if they don't have a wedding planner, if you are one of the top vendors, AKA a photographer or something like that, you go ahead and say it. <laughs> right. Like, what do you mean you don't have? So now, I, I, okay. So I've made a shot list. So now I got to tell you when you're going to do, no, this is not my job. Not my job. I don't want to play. I don't want to play. It's not my like, job. You know, no, like. I in fact hate that planning, which is why I don't do it. No, I have no desire to do that. Like people keep trying to like push me in that direction because I'm very organized, but I don't want to do that. Like just because you can do something does not mean that you should do it. And we need to, we, we definitely need to take that in as business owners. There are so many things that I can do. I have many, many, many talents. You will not see any of those things on a menu anywhere. Mm-mm. to purchase because people, I don't want to and or like certain stuff for example I love cooking I love baking you will never catch me being like I'm offering suppers or anything because I don't want it to become work I like doing it for my family for my friends and there are certain things and this is a word for somebody out there take it if you need it there are certain things that you should just keep as an enjoyable activity that don't part. let these people on the internet tell you that everything you're good at should become a business, should become a stream of income. That is not true because the moment something becomes work, a certain amount of enjoyment comes out of it. And also you can love doing something, but you might not love it as a job. I love cooking for my friends and family, but at the end of the day, you know what I don't love? Food safety commissions. I don't love regulations. I don't love dietary preferences and restrictions. I don't love having four different sinks. I wouldn't love any of that. (laughs) So therefore, as much as I might love cooking and making things for my friends and family, I would not love being a food service provider. Don't think because you like something, you should make it into a business because you did not want to have the case. (laughs) 
I got two things on that. One, all my <laughs> friends, family, former clients from when I used to bake. If you want to know why I don't bake anymore, rewind this little part just that Lacey just said. Rewind that part. Exactly. Run it, run it straight through. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it, I like the creativity of it, but as a business, it is stressful. It sucked joy out of it. It it I did not like it anymore, and it, and, and that's why it is gone. And y'all can keep asking, but it's not coming back. Not coming back. So that was one thing that I wanted to touch on. But the other thing that I wanted to touch on, um, because it's just been on my heart for a minute, because you were saying about the internet telling people about you know basically monetizing everything that you're talented at. The streams of income thing. I just want to make. I just want to be clear about this. Streams of income mean that each one independently is successful. I got something on that too. Stop picking up 45 different things. If not nary a single one of them has ever crossed you over into, you know, five, six figures. Like, you know, if you got $400 in 12 different ventures... It I'm going to need working. you to go sit down, work on one, build it up, build it up, let it back. become successful, put it in a position where it can run itself and then pick up another thing. Cause all you're doing is making yourself tired and you broke. And so that the streams of income and also, you know, what's the saying? It should be seven streams of income. You know what it doesn't say? Seven jobs. Several of those streams of income are supposed to be passive. And what we as entrepreneurs don't understand is a passive income. What is something that you can buy into that you don't have to work? That's an income stream, right? You will kill yourself trying to have seven jobs, own seven businesses. No, 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 my friend. That's not what it means. At like all. Said, and not everything is going to be successful. I'm not even going to hate on you if you want to pick up the 40 different habits. But when you realize that this ain't working, be willing to let it go. Don't keep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not saying don't try it. Let it go as quick as you picked it up. But (laughs) but look, if every every 15 minutes is something different, we we don't we tire for you. We we tire. I rolled up on a truck one time. Girl, the truck said in a vehicle wrap. It said, I don't want to lie to you. I think it said lawn service, party bus. DJ and photographer houseway was all of them all and and it didn't match like it was several careers that had nothing to do with one another or my accountant had the best one he was out somewhere in louisiana and saw a place that was like bob's fried chicken we do taxes too the question becomes which one is not good the chicken or the taxes because one of them isn't being done well. like separate church and state friend like we just first of all <laughs> they should not be being branded together let's be clear so she if you're gonna have face. if you're gonna have 40 different things i'm gonna need you to have 40 different pages for them okay we just gonna keep them separate unless they are some kind of way related you know what i'm saying right. like i mean Maybe the party bus and the DJ, maybe they could work together, but the long guy got to go. He have to be. That's got to be on another vehicle wrap. Right. He got to be his own person. Like, 
Because, like, what am I doing? I'm confused. You like, hey, I got a party coming up. I need a bus and a DJ. And by the way, can you come and cut my grass? Because the next day we're going to do a brunch at the house. No. It's just too much. And and, and you have to be. People think you're a jack of all trades and a master of none. That it part. Good. That's another that part. thing. If I had to give advice to entrepreneurs, specialize. That and part. I'm not saying you can only do one thing, but you can't do everything. You can't do everything and you can't don't stop mixing everything together like some people don't like their food to touch you know like right. let's just let's let's just think about it like that like yeah you know you are creating a message to your audience how can the same message reach the the people that need their grass cut and the people that need their taxes done right like, that don't, it's not, it's not going to resonate. So even if you're doing those multiple things, I mean, I have two businesses. I know you have multiple businesses. It, we got to be thoughtful about how we're putting this stuff out there and thoughtful about, like you said, is we have to be able to make an assessment. Is this, is this working? Yeah. And an honest assessment and not an emotional one. Right. You do a business because it's something that you love. Sometimes the emotion keeps you going longer than you should go. Right. And I mean, and and I guess the thing too is like you said before about you loving to cook for your family and friends. If it's something that you love, keep it that. Yeah. If you're not willing to put the part in to be a business owner. Cause, cause that's the part everybody don't want to work on. That's the part I got to struggle with people. I got to tussle with you about is putting the business structure in place. If you oh, don't yeah. want to do that, then let it stay a hobby. Let it stay an yeah. interest because right now you're making it a business and you're taking on all the liability of being a business, but you're operating it like a hobby. And Odds are you're not making the money that you need to be making from it because you're not doing the business portion of it. So basically yep. you're doing a whole lot of work for nothing. You can ask anyone on my staff. We've signed a whole lot of school contracts this year, right? And for a while there, we had gotten very behind. And because of that, I was having to jump in and shoot or jump in an admin. The month of September, we came in $30,000 below goal. How did that happen with all these new contracts? It happened because no one was concentrating on the business. Nobody was selling. Nobody was looking at those numbers. We were just in a space of overwhelm trying to make it work. And it was working for everybody except us. Right. So we had to slow it down. We're going to have to revamp a couple of things for next year because, of course, we want our clients to be happy. So like something very simple. We've always offered pre-orders, right? Well, now people want to see their photos before they order them, by and large. Does that mean that nobody wants to order it sight unseen? It doesn't. But if the vast majority of our clients want this, why are we double working? Let's put right. them up online, let people see them and order them then. You can still pre-order sight unseen with an order form. You can turn in cash, you can turn in a check. But the online system is going Correct. to kick in when we've already taken pictures. And that's going to take a lot of work off of our plate. But again, like you said, that's the part, even when you start to think about as you scale, what am I great at and what can I give to somebody else? I'm going to say this and it's going to sound conceited, but it's not. I'm a great photographer. I am. 
I'm very good at being a photographer. I am also great at running a business. Most artists are not great at running businesses. So when I had to decide that something, I had to bring somebody else in for something, I brought somebody else in to help with the photography. Because now I have people who are organized, were able to shoot more things, and I can concentrate on making sure that this business is making money. And again, that's a skill that's a blessing because most people who are artists are not business people. Oh, Jesus. And, <laughs> and in that case, I tell people all the time, they're like, well, would you advise that I hire another photographer? No, I advise that you stick with what you're very good at. Right. If you love shooting and shooting is your thing, but you hate the back end, you hate running the business, then no, I'm going to advise that you partner with somebody and get you a managing partner to actually run this business so that you don't have to run it. Right. Which space are you the most fruitful in? Correct. And then also for me, I knew that if I concentrate more on running the business, that's great. We'll be making more money. I can still step into the ring and take photos. I'm going to have clients who are willing to pay the premium that it costs to actually work with me. And I can always pick up my camera. Yeah. But I'm a control freak. If I don't like the way that said managing partner is running my business, I'm going to constantly be stepping back into it. So knowing my personality type, I had to concentrate on running. And yeah, and then I think that that's just very important um, just to know in general, knowing yourself. Um, You know, that's one of the first things I work on with clients is what is it that you actually want? What is it that you desire? A lot of times we don't realize and we don't know. And you need to know yourself. You need to know yourself. You need to know. I will tell people, even before I started coaching, if you ask me, I I like balloons. I love business. Yeah. And that's, I think that's it. And I'll do you one better. I love photography as an art form. If I can be out in somebody's desert with a medium format film camera, and then you can catch me in the dark room manipulating, that is my happy place. However, we're talking about photography to sell, commercial photography. I like photography. I love business. If we're talking about my art practice, which I'm in the middle of revamping with the encouragement of my wonderful husband who says that I need to start making art again. I love it. I mean, Caroline and I, my master photographer, she just bought a Mamiya, which is a big deal in the photo community. Somebody out there knows what that is. (laughs) And we just cannot wait because when we go on vacation from DPG, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go run around and play with the film camera. That's what we're going to do because we love it. (laughs) Right. But I have to be succeeding at business to love it. Right. If I'm busted and disgusted, I don't love it. Look, <laughs> that ain't fun. It's not fun. And I can't have fun because I got bills. No, Bill it's not. It's not fun. He never and asked for, but he will never leave you, Bill. But yeah, you have to know what part of it is your jam. And if it's yeah. not your jam, then like you said, you get that support for that, you know, and like I work with clients to help them get that business part together. Yep. So that they can get back to the part that they love. Yep. And the beautiful thing is for everybody is going to be different. For some of my clients, it was getting their systems in place 
so that they can go back to touching balloons. Yep. One of my, you know, one of my um, favorite clients, she said, man, I, I realized in this process, I love working on the business. She's like, I'm about to hire somebody to start inflating balloons for me. And, and sometimes you realize that. like, And I that may be the thing. I love marketing. So I've my job, if you will, at the company that I own, my major job is marketing. I'm the one that makes sure that there's clients that keep coming in because that's what I love and that's what I'm good at. I love talking to people. I love finding solutions for people. So I found somebody else who loves shooting as much as I love that. And that's, and that's the thing. And that, and even, you know, one, building a team. Mm-hmm. Two, even if you are rocking solo, what are the professionals that you have on your team? Because your team doesn't have to necessarily be on payroll. Right. Who are the professionals that you have on your team that handle those things? And, you know, I encourage you guys to go back and listen to you know, this and every other episode where we've had a guest on, they all have come from different industries, but they all are professionals that can help you to move your brand forward. Yep. And so they may not be on your payroll. You may not be in a position for that right now, but that doesn't mean that you can't utilize them to get you to that next level because, the one thing I think that people sleep on is you need to level up and you need to invest to that level. Mm-hmm. Not the level that you're at because you're already there. Yeah. Yeah. You need to invest to the next level. So mm-hmm. if right now, you know, you're building your social media presence and your website and all these different things and, you know, the last um, guest talked about all of that but one of the things that she mentioned was you need quality graphics right you need quality imagery so you got somebody working on this state-of-the-art website for you (laughs) or you're trying to build you know because i'm a luxury brand coach so i'm helping people to build luxury brands you're trying to build a luxury brand and you got this picture that looked like it came from 1992 right what no we're at an impasse (laughs) and that's the and people are gonna notice it like let me say marketing has gotten harder visuals have gotten harder because people have access to gorgeous visuals gorgeous photos all the time and now they know what they're looking at right there was a time when you could get away with something and fudge it we're out of that time it makes you look like you don't have your stuff together right yeah. And it especially, you know, I hear so many of, you know, my clients and potential clients talking about they want to cross over into corporate markets and this, that, and the other. And sometimes the person that you're talking to, I know it happens, has happened to me multiple times. Sometimes the person that you're talking to that is trying to book you is the branding person for that company. Yeah. 100%. And honestly, if you're talking corporate, that's who you should be talking to. The CEO doesn't know us. Again, when you talk about learning how to delegate in order to grow your business, the high-level CEO doesn't know what's going on in the marketing department and in the branding department. That's not his job or her job or their job. Excuse me. It's not their job. <laughs> that is the job of who they hire to do that. 
if there is a marketing coordinator, and this is from somebody who works with high level corporate clients, ask immediately, is there a marketing person that should be looped in on this conversation? Because you will spin your wheels talking to the person that you think is at the top. If it's a smaller company, the person you might need to be talking to is the secretary, the administrative assistant. Who orders the promotional products? Who is currently printing out Christmas cards on a inkjet printer? Who is that? <laughs> right. That's who you need to Right. Because that's but, the person who's going to go to the boss and say, hey, look, I'm real tired of these ugly Christmas cards on this inkjet printer. Can we rock with these people instead? Look at what they can do. Right. Right. But um, but where I was going with that was though, if that branding person is the person that was tasked with hiring you, mm-hmm. and they looking at your stuff, and that's what mm-hmm. they do all day long. Yep. How they feeling about you? Because they know. Because what they're seeing is how on earth can I expect you to do this for me if I'm looking at your stuff and this is janky. Right. Because I'm 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 on this level. Yeah. Are you are you ready to play on this level? But also on that, and again, this might be another topic for another day. That is another reason that you don't underprice yourself. Because somebody who is really looking to do business, I don't know if this has ever happened to you. I'm sure it has. Have you ever inquired about a service and said to yourself, that's too cheap? There's mm-hmm. no way. Oh yeah. People do that. If you've underpriced yourself and you've tried to underprice yourself because you have a secondary job or because you're not, you're afraid to ask for what you're worth, the client you actually want is probably looking at your price and saying they're not charging them much enough. Like the average cost for this is they're not, not a player in the game. You're charging five. Why are you charging five? They're not a player in the game. So I do a, a luxury brand workshop where I share three secrets to creating a luxury brand. And that's one of the secrets. Yeah. One of the secrets is your low price is scaring away your high-end customer. 100. I mean, I will never forget the first time I sent out a quote for almost $30,000. But that's what they wanted and that's what it was worth. Right. I know when I first sent out my my first big invoice, and I, I hit send with one eye closed and in less than five minutes, they paid that invoice like it was nothing. Right. Correct. Because they're used to spending money on value and they know that if you are undercharging, then you're probably not prepared. And that because you can be as talented as you want to be. Like, so this particular gig was to do headshots um, at the Essence. And it was something that was going to require a team. It was going to require work there and work after the fact. It required a certain amount of setup. It required a certain amount of tech on the back end. Anybody who charged lower than what we were charging was missing some component of that. Right. Something is missing. Right. Those people knew that. When somebody like that, when you're talking corporate, when you're talking anybody coming to you for a big project like that, if it's real, they have researched what the average cost of this is. They've researched what it takes to do it. And if you come in at $12,000 below what it should be, I'm going to assume that you're missing something because you can't be giving me everything I need at this much deficit. There's no way. And we've all done it. We've all... uh 
you know. Oh yeah, we've all had that job where we like, man, I should charge twice this, three times this. Like, we've all had that lesson learned. Right, right, right. But it's just we have to get past that mentality. I know that when I made that mindset shift, my business shifted, and it's Mm -hmm. never gone back. Oh, it doesn't. I mean, it's it's very, and it's with any business that you're in. You need to, like, you don't go to work to just show up. We are all in business at the end of the day to make money. Right. Don't make dollars. It don't make sense. That and part. the way that you change your mindset to say, this is what I'm worth. This is what it costs. Everything changes for you. And right. does it mean you're going to get every client? Absolutely not. You're in fact going to get less of them. You're going to lose more clients once you change that mindset because of the fact that you are now looking for a different client. At the end of the day, you don't want every single client. You want your client. I would rather make $3,000 on one customer, right? Than have to service 10 customers at $300 a piece. That's working smarter instead of harder. Can you please say it again, Lacey? Because I, I, I struggle with people with this. Because it's the same amount of money, right? But I'd rather get the 3000 from one customer who came there, understood the value of what I was offering, was ready to invest and had their stuff together and in a row than to have to service, I said, 10 clients at 300 apiece in an unjoyful manner. Doing something I don't want to do, feeling overworked and underpaid, having people who don't really know what they want and therefore I can never give it to them. Because that's a creative field. If you come to me for brand photography and you don't know what your brand is, I can never give you what you're looking for. I can't. But you will also be the person who expects it to cost $300 instead of $3,000. That was so much in that (laughs) one soundbite. Just so, so much. One, I just don't understand why it's so like I've had so many people try to tussle about this pricing. Um, I I can clearly remember um I was in a group, this young lady asked, um, how much would you price this job? And you know, people gave different answers. So I told her, you know, just based on what I'm looking at, this is what I would price it as. Mm-hmm. She says, thank you, she's fine. Another young lady comes in. Nobody's out here paying that for that. Okay. That's where you're wrong. Right. So first of all, you're wrong. And she's like, you know, if you're charging that amount, then you probably hardly ever booked. And my response back was, my objective is not being booked. My objective is being paid. That part. I don't need to service a hundred clients. No, I need to get to a hundred K like that. Right. That That's the priority. Right. The priority is that I'm trying to get to my ultimate goal. Not that I'm, and my goal has absolutely nothing to do with the number of people. Yeah. I actually want that number to be as small as possible. Exactly. I I can reach, listen, if my goal is 100K and I can reach 100K with two clients, praise the Lord, I'm done. Right. I'm, I, look. I, I, I might up the goal a little bit because now I've got some more time. Yeah, now you got some room to play, but but, but my goal is financial. Yeah, I'm finished. Not a number of people. 
I'm vanished. So yeah, so that I mean, the only time the entrepreneur should have a number of people goal. You ready for it? Is the number of people in your pipeline, right? The number of people yeah. on your email list, the number of people that you can reach out to when you're trying to do something that you can have a number of people goal for. Beyond that, if you don't want to pay me, don't book me. That's it. That's it. And that's it. And then the part that you spoke of, of coming to someone to help you with your brand and not having your brand identity. So, you know, I try to bring this up every time we have a professional come on, especially on the branding side, because sometimes we have people come on on financial side, but they can't help you if you don't know. Right. And I'm just going to be, I'm going to make a blanket statement. It may not apply to everybody, but it, it probably applies to most. You don't know. Well, and, and the they, reason why yeah. I say that is because when I say, when, when, cause the coach in me, when you ask me a question, I'm going to ask you a question back because I can't answer you without knowing the details. Parameters, right. The details. So when you say I'm struggling, getting it, get, you're reaching my, my client. And then I say, well, who's your client? And then you say, something generic like moms or corporate everybody then i'm like anybody so who specifically in corporate like there are millions of corporations across the you know like what and, does and that what mom person... busy the busy mom who has to go to work and therefore she's willing to pay for convenience or the mom who is a stay-at-home mom and likes to do arts and crafts and and has the rich husband what mom those right. are different people Two totally different gonna, people. Two different things are going to appeal to them. Two totally different people. Because, and I that because I'm number two. And what's got, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm number one. I'm the busy mom who has to go to work. What's going to appeal to me? Make it short, make it sweet. I will know whether or not I want to buy it within 30 seconds. Right. Like, get to it. I don't need all the, I don't need the fluff. Get like, to get it. to it. I don't want to have a phone call. I don't want to talk about it. Where can I exactly. click on? Where can I swipe my card? Because if I'm coming to you, nine out of 10, I've already researched you. I tell people that all the time. If I come to you nine out of, nine times out of 10, once you get that initial email from me, I'm probably going to buy it. Right. Because I'm, I'm a researcher. I am. I'm definitely a researcher. Yeah. I, I want the person that I know is going to do the job. Yep. And that I don't have, I, I don't want to have to think about it. That's why I hired the person. Cause I don't want to have to think about it. Anymore. I don't want to think about so it. So I, I do the research up front and then you're my, you know, you, I'm yours after that. Like whatever it is you need, I'm gonna give it to you because I trust you. And that's where we're going. Um, every time I, you know, I've, you know, switched up between natural and not natural. Now I'm doing locks. Every time I get a, you know, new hairstyles, I'm like, so you you understand this, your head. They're like, well, what do you want to No friend? No, I picked you, you the person, this is your head now. Like you tell me when you want to X, Y, Z or when it's time to X, Y, Z and I'm going to be like, all right, let's swipe. They're different personalities to your clients. And then your brand is different based on what you want to bring to the table. What is your claim to fame? What is the thing that makes you unique? How do you stand out in your market? So all of those different things are going to make up your brand identity, but you can't go to somebody and say, well, I want you to take, you know, photos of my work for my brand 
if they don't have an understanding of your brand because you could be selling makeup just like the next person down the street is selling makeup but yeah. your makeup brand may be built completely around being all natural and you know yeah. um you know herbs and trees and vegan and everybody else it's the next person might be that their makeup is is um trendy pop colors and yeah. all this other stuff like that that's two totally different photo shoots totally different things and same like I always say it with skincare, believe it or not, because you may be a per. And I have two clients who do skincare, very different clients. One is an all natural skincare brand. So when we're doing their stuff, there's leaves, there's, you know, we are on the rocks and in the sand and in the water. The other one is completely science based. We're going to get rid of these wrinkles. So there's beakers, there's a lab looking setup. There's stuff that makes you know, with this one, you're getting things from the earth. With this one, you're getting chemicals to get rid of them crow's feet. Two skincare brands, both marketed to black women, marketed to two very different black women. And that, and that if you didn't take anything else from... There's so many gems in here. Like I, I, this episode is just going to be like a maze. But if you didn't take anything else from the, the visual branding part of this, then that all of those different details, just in that description that go into making this thing give a psychological um, message yep. to the viewer. And we're in a visual society where people are on their phones, on Instagram, on you know websites, looking at these images. And the person that's going to win that client is the one that knows how to make every part and piece from their visual branding to their content, um, verbiage, all of that coming together so cohesively that it speaks to that client before you ever said boo to them so they're yeah. already committed and it also yes they're already committed and it's sometimes you have your brand but then you have your like your sub pieces right another client makes smoked meats we've shot the smoked meats we've shot like the barbecue look we've shot the family look we've shot you know um, the, the tailgate. He is now doing holiday packs. So what are we in the middle of doing right now? Caroline has set up an entire holiday spread because when someone looks at that picture, they need to be able to picture that turkey on their Thanksgiving table. His regular brand shots are not going to work for this. We're reaching out to somebody else right now. We're trying to broaden that client base. So define them, get them, Figure out which ones are the ones making you the most money and figure out how to duplicate those people 10 times over. That's business. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm just like, I'm in my happy space. My husband says he can tell when I'm talking to somebody about business because he's like, your whole energy is just different. Yeah. 
And I feel like and we're supposed to be talking about photography today and both of us just like business. So we wound up talking about Look, that's how it happens. But guess what? I'm a big believer of God puts out there what we need to put out into the universe. So, yes. it, you know, it happened how it happened. Um, I know you're not going nowhere, Lacey. So I know that we can, you know, come back and, you know, we can dig a little bit deeper into the visuals. But I mean, this was the course we just needed to go today. And that's where we yeah. went. And I know that there was so many gems and nuggets in there. And really just kind of, you know, if nothing else, we got your mind working about how yeah. the visuals work into the whole equation. Yeah. And to start thinking about it and to start, you know, as we're ending out the year to start making that list. I love the whole content bank. I love that so, so much because I think we, you know, we take a million pictures and we do <laughs> nothing yeah. with them or we're not being, you know, my, my, my favorite word is strategic. We're not being strategic about how we're taking these photos. Um, you know, anybody who follows me knows that I love to do uh, a photo shoot. I do photo shoots every time I go out of the country. Um, I do photo shoots, you know, for different parts of the business, but um, when I do them, like even when I was doing the podcast, so then I had to do, I'm doing this pajama podcast. I got to do a pajama photo shoot. Right. And, you know, but I also included like, you know, different props and other things like, so that there's stock photos of things that I can use. Yeah. At other times, you know, to, to be able to use that for what I need it for, be 100%. thoughtful about that. And well, that's the thing. That's the one nugget I'll give about photo because I know that we got to roll soon. Um, be into plan three times, shoot once. The biggest part of what we offer clients is that we sit down and plan with you because I could totally just show up at your house and take a bunch of pictures of you with balloons. That's not serving you. That's not right. giving you what you need. You're not going to be able to do what you need to do with it. Like you said, being intentional. I'm going to need these photos. I have these things coming up. The re That's why we tell people to break it up quarterly because it's easier for you to break it into bite-sized chunks to say, I have this coming up in the next three months than to try what so many people try to do, sweet Lord, and do one photo shoot per year. Good luck with that. Because in January, you don't know what December is going to look like. Right. And I mean, and I think that that's like, I spoke to this last week. I'm, I mean, well, not last week. Um, we pre-record these, y'all. So when they air, it's going to be space between them. But I spoke to this on the last interview. And, you, you know, go for the grown-up experience. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's very easy for us to go in and say, oh, well, you know, I need to get, I need to do a photo shoot. And, you know, let me research doing a photo shoot and where we get hung up is we're searching based on dollars. Dollars and other people. You need to search based on value. Yep. What is the value that you're going to get in return? Because, yeah. you know, I've experienced, um, I've experienced like, you know, photo shoots with different people. And 
y'all should know this by now. I'm I'm that person. I I'm I didn't came with the paper. I got a, a Pinterest board. Yeah. I got a paper of the shots that I want. I didn't already picked out my outfits and you know all my props, my color schemes. I didn't did all that before I even walked in. Yeah. But everybody don't do that. Let's no. be clear. The, no. the, the yeah, average consumer is going to walk in and they just they they just walking in just blind. Yeah, they know they want something, but they don't quite know what. But they don't know what. Go in with that grown experience. Hire that person that's going to give you that. Yeah. That, you know, I'm a luxury brand coach, that luxury brand experience. You know, we've said so much, but I catch those pieces in between. Lacey about to sit here with you and go through what you need. Make sure that you're prepared. Yeah. But like you said, or... Go for the luxury brand experience, pay the luxury brand cost, or pay $300 and expect that that's what you're going to get. And then you're going to pay that $300 about four times over and you're still not going to have what you want. That's my thing. Either pay for what you want or don't. But what you should never do is expect caviar on a sardine budget. It's not going to happen. I promise you it's it's not going to happen. It's just not. It, it is the person who's thinking in that price point is not thinking on the level that you need to level up. Correct. They're not, they're just coming, just how you're just showing up. They just showing up too. They did, they, they got a yep. camera and they're showing up. So yep. I want you to think about that in all the things that you invest in, in your business, invest in that grown experience because yep. that's, what's going to take you to the next level. And Stop thinking that because you don't immediately see a return and investment on something that it's it it's not there. Yeah. Your visuals matter. They absolutely matter. Like I have literally had people who that was their job for a major corporation say, oh my God, who does your like social media? And I'm just like, it was, it was me. It was me. But there's thought put there. There's thought put and you and there's cohesion. Yes. And that's what makes something professional. If yes. I don't know what the hell I'm gonna log on to your account and see, that's what makes it unprofessional. Like right, because it's like mm-hmm. because when people see things that aren't cohesive, it makes their brain have to start thinking. And I know that that may sound silly, but basically it is, it's, it's the truth. It makes, when they see cohesive things, their brain is relaxed. They don't have to, to struggle when they see things that are not cohesive, they start thinking. And then when they start thinking, they start questioning. And when they start questioning, they're like, I don't know. And then it becomes, I don't want to be here. Right. Like you got to think spending mental energy in the same way as burning calories. If I'm walking and I'm at please, and I'm at leisure, that's different than if I'm running. Correct. Your account needs to be a walk in the park, not right. a run treadmill. Right. Like you've, you've just gone into, you know, a luxury store and everything is white and clean and open space yeah. versus you walked into Ross's and, you know, everybody know I can't do Ross's. Like that's like, that's outside of my, my abilities. Outside of my lane. I just can't. I'm like, I don't understand. It's a toaster and a bra. They're together. Why? Why are we toasting the bra? Right. So that's the experience that you give when you don't have that cohesion. 
Correct. So I'm going to start wrapping up though, because me and Lacey can yes. go all day and yes, all night. Yes, yes. And I just looked at the time and I have a client waiting on me. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to do, <laughs> I'm going to do real quick our wrap up questions and then we're going to, um, we're going to wrap this up. Okay, so my first wrap up question is, what is your favorite pair of pajamas? Um, I have a pair from Victoria's Secret. It's a matching top and bottom. Um, it's like little pants and a little button up long sleeve shirt super comfortable and I can lounge in it and sleep in it and it's polka dot so that's oh I love polka dot sick polka dot right now all right so my time freedom allows me to travel um traveling and seeing the world is extremely important to me and when I first started a business and I was broken busted with no time I was stuck here and not that I don't like it here, but I like to move. My time freedom allows me to experience new cultures and new places through travel. And, you know, I love, I, I'll pack a suitcase in a second. Well, I, know. So. I, I saw you in Paris. I saw you in Paris. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I'm, I'm like, uh, I got to, I'm on um travel pause for a moment. So I'm, I'm, I'm in my feelings about it, but it's okay. Um <laughs> What's the best advice that you could give anyone seeking the profits in pajamas lifestyle? Don't underestimate yourself and don't count yourself out. What other people are worth, you are worth that and more. The grace you give to others, give it to yourself tenfold. Everything is not going to be a home, war- a home run, but you are worth it. You deserve the life that you want. You deserve to be happy. You deserve to be fulfilled. And at the worst times in your life, if you never forget that, you can keep chasing that lifestyle. That lifestyle. I love it. That is beautiful. Okay, so how can people get in touch with you? Um, the best way, of course, is through email. I'm first name at lastname.com, laceyatdavalier.com. If you want to get in touch with the studio in particular, that's going to be info at davalier.com because Rachel answers emails faster than I do. The other way, um, I'm always on Instagram. Hit me up in my DMs. Take a look at my stories. Currently, I'm at Lacey D. Davalier, but I'm really thinking about changing it to the tipsy photog to bring in my wine and my photography. I love it. I absolutely <laughs> love it. I love it. Okay, so we will have all that information in the show notes so that you guys can... Um, get in touch with Lacey. Um, you know, I know this time of year is like super busy. So, so you can get in touch with her for 2023. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Unless you want to pay that ASAP price that we talked about earlier. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but I just want to thank you for coming on. Um, I know we, we, we switched up the topic a little bit, but, yes, but that's okay. I just love talking to brilliant women about business. So I appreciate you being here and sharing, and I know I'm going to have you back. Um, oh yeah. Next year, we're going to have to do yeah. another episode. Um, but thank you for being here and I'm gonna let you go so you can get to your client and guys, if you um, are, you know, looking for a photographer, of course, we have um, Lacey's info Thank in the bio. The and if you are looking for I hope you a got some great coach tips to help to start you get that brand together, want to stay connected, so that you're ready to work with other professionals and you already on Instagram. know what you're looking for. So for more information about time, building your luxury brand, out, you can go to register for my upcoming luxury brand workshop at coachdannyd.com. All right, y'all have a great rest of your day and I'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye.